Now listen, I don't want any more bullshit. bullshit. Oh shit. T minus four days and fucking counting. Big Dick Ballard is on deck and about to do his fucking thing in the 2021 NFL Draft. What the fuck is up, bullshit free gang? It's time to watch Big Dick B do what Big Dick B does. It's time to watch Chris Ballard and his team give you a fucking clinic on how to pimp the NFL Draft. And I, for one, will be watching and enjoying that shit. And if you want to know the secret of how he does it, I'm about to break that shit down for you. I'm going to break the game down for you the only way I know how to break it, baby. Flat as fuck. So, with no further ado, so we can jump into that, let me welcome you back, or if it's your first time, welcome you to the number one, and yeah, I'm proud of this, the number one uncensored NFL podcast in the world, the 100% completely unique, completely controversial, and completely uncensored, the world's famous Bullshit Free Colts Podcast. I'm your host, Harkon Ajala, a.k.a. the bad boy at your motherfucking service, as always. And you know what? This is one of my favorite topics because there's so much bullshit out there about Chris Ballard and his team and how they draft, who they're going to draft, who they should draft, whether they move up, move back, etc. I'm going to break down for you how Chris plays the game and why he's able to pimp the NFL draft year after year and how he's going to do it this year. But before we do, you know, I got to ask you to help me out really quickly. I miss all you pimps and players out there. Glad to be back with you. So if you would, do me a favor, help your boy out. Take your pimp-ass finger and smash that like button down below. It's 100% free to you, but it helps us because it helps the algorithm share this video podcast far and wide with other true blue diehard bleed blue Colts fans like yourself who want to hear the real shit, not the shill shit. All right, so smash that like button. Make sure you share this video with other motherfuckers who will appreciate it. Like I tell you, don't bother with the cornballs because they won't get it. And make sure you subscribe. And last but not least, there's no fucking way we're going to pay our expenses off ads with this kind of podcast, all right? I keep it way too fucking real. So if you would, if you appreciate what we're doing, if you like the content, if you enjoy the discussion, help your boy out with a small donation. It could be $20, $15, $10, $5, even $1 will help us and help me to continue to create more and more of the kind of fucking content that you motherfuckers tell me you want, all right? So, with no further ado, let's talk about how Chris Ballard is going to 100% pimp the fuck out of the 2020 NFL Draft. Or, to say it the way I love to say it, let's chop it the fuck up. Now, here's what I find interesting about the draft. Every year, people talk about what the Colts should do, what they shouldn't do, what they think Chris Ballard is going to do what they don't think he's going to do, et cetera, et cetera. And every year, a bunch of motherfuckers say a bunch of shit based not really on facts, logic, and reason, but based on narratives and storylines and, you know, people saying, well, Chris Ballard never does this. Chris Ballard always does that. The truth of the matter is, one of the reasons that Chris Ballard and his team are so good, and if you doubt how good that they are, I'm not going to try to change your mind in this podcast, okay? I've already laid out pick by pick, how good Ballard and his team have been since he's been the general manager of the Indianapolis Colts. And that includes his misses. 
okay? But I already laid that all out in a previous podcast where I compared him versus bullshit-ass Ryan Grigson. Go back and listen to that podcast, and you can see how I broke down exactly how good Chris Ballard has been. I'll put a link here where you can go listen to it, all right? But what I'm going to break down for you is what Chris Ballard and his team's actual philosophy is, what guides their actions, and what I expect them to do in this year's upcoming draft, what I expect their strategy to be, how I expect it to play out. And we're going to get into actually what players I think they should pick, who I think they will pick at each position, et cetera, over the next few days leading up to that draft. Okay. So uh, I also, I've already talked about the edge rushers and the ones that I think they should and will take. Uh, I will put a, a link here so you can go and listen to that previous podcast as well. But we'll get into the left tackles, cornerbacks, wide receivers, all that shit as we move forward towards the draft. Okay. So let's talk about Chris Ballard's true philosophy and what governs what they do. Here's the deal. You hear people saying, oh, I think Chris Ballard will trade back because, you know, he likes to get picks. He gave up his third round pick, so he'll be looking to trade back so he can pick up more picks. Bullshit. That's not how it works. That's not how it works. Yes, he loves to get extra picks whenever he can, but the fact that he traded his third rounder this year as part of the Carson Wentz trade, that's not what's going to make him say, oh, uh, I'm looking to move back if I can. That's not how it works. The way it's going to work is this. First, let me let me say this. You know the main needs going into this draft, right? We know that a left tackle of the future is a major need, probably, probably their biggest need right now. Some people will say, well, I think they need edge rusher just as badly. I don't think that really makes sense, and here's why. Because we know that they at least have on their roster, they have Taekwon Lewis, they have Kimoko Toure, they have Ben Banigue. So they have three guys that they have invested high picks, second round picks in to address that position. These are guys who have been on the roster who they apparently still believe in because they're still on the roster. Kamoko Turi and especially Taekwon Lewis have shown flashes. Taekwon Lewis looked really good last year. So understand that these are guys who, while they may not be 100% proven, they have shown some flashes, some talent. It is possible that they could be the answer this upcoming season. You with me? That cannot be said about their left tackle position. All they got on their roster right now is just a few fucking bags of chips as far as left tackles. I mean, they have a few guys who might be good backups, but that's about it. So we know that's their biggest need. That being said, what I expect them to do at 21 is going to be in line with Chris Ballard and his team's actual philosophy. And that is actually pretty simple. They are going to take the best player available based on how the draft falls. What does that mean? Well, this year, the draft is really deep in good quality starting caliber left tackles, okay? There should be a couple available to them. Well, let's say there will probably be two or three available to them at 21 in the first round. Maybe, but maybe not. Maybe a run happens. And there will be certainly a lot of them available to them in the second round. But the way Chris Ballard and the Colts are going to operate is this. When they get to pick 21, if there's a left tackle there, because I don't think I don't think there's really an edge rusher 
that they would value, that they would say, this guy is absolutely a first-round talent, and we'll just take him at 21. But there may be a few there that they might feel that way. Quitty pay, I think maybe, if some other things happen. But I think it's most likely that when if they get to 21, there could be two or three. And I think there's probably three left tackles that they would grade as, this is a guy we should just take. That's certainly two of them, but I think maybe three. And I'll talk about who those are in the next podcast. But if one of those guys are there who they believe is a premium first-round grade left tackle, based on their calculations, not anybody else's, they will take that player. If they believe, for example, that this is a guy we had rated as a top 15 player and he falls to them at 21, they will take him. Now, is it likely they will trade back? It is likely, I think. But here's what will have to happen for Ballard and those guys to trade back. It won't just be like, oh, let's try to see if we can trade back if we can because we want to pick up that third-round pick or or two, another fourth-rounder or whatever. What they would like is for a guy that they feel is a higher value than 21 that is a premium starting left tackle to be available at 21. And if if he is, they'll just take him and never look back, okay? But if all of those guys are off the board by 21 and they feel that they can move back and still be guaranteed to get one of the two, three, four left tackles that they believe are a second round grade or one of the top pass rushers that they believe warrant a second round pick, they will gladly move back further in the first round or even to the early part of the second round. I doubt if they'll move too far back in the second round in order to pick up another pick. But in other words, think of it like this. The guys we felt would be absolutely worth it at 21 are gone off the board. They're not going to reach. If they feel that we can move back 10 spots or whatever, and one of those four guys is absolutely going to be there at left tackle or one of the two or three edge rushers that they have equally rated, okay, equally rated with those left tackles. In other words, like we can move back 10 spots. We're going to get one of the players that we believe is worthy of a high second round pick or whatever, right? And we can pick up another pick, I would say probably in the third or fourth round, then that's what they will do. Expect that to happen. But it won't be, oh, we're going to look to move back and get more picks. That's not how Chris Ballard works. What governs whether they move up or move back is, is the player there that they have the value on? And if he isn't, then they'll probably move back. If he is, (laughs) they're just going to take him, trust me, and worry about picking up, finding later picks some other time. You feel me? And the reason Big Dick Ballard and his team do it that way is because he has a very firm and unchanging draft philosophy. It's not to move back and get as many picks as he can. It's to use the draft to get as many impact players as he can. So in other words, if you're sitting there and you can get a Quentin Nelson, he doesn't trade out of the pick so he can get two Kamilko Torres. You understand? But if you're sitting there and you can get a Kamilko Torre and there's 
seven other Komoko Tours that you're able to get by moving back 15 spots. Well, then you move back the 15 spots. So instead of getting one Komoko Touré, you get two. You with me? And the reason, again, that Ballard has that draft philosophy is not just, you know, some arbitrary reason that he pulled out of his ass. Like, I just like doing it like this. It's not that. It's because that draft philosophy fits in with Chris Ballard's philosophy for building a team that can win a Super Bowl. And that philosophy, which, by the way, I'm 100% convinced is the best philosophy. If you look at the history of the NFL, that philosophy for building a team is to get as many impact players on your football team in all three phases, offense, defense, and special teams, as you can possibly get. And that means not just starters, but backup guys as well. And the reason that's critically important is because the simple fact of the matter is in the NFL, you're going to have injuries. Look, we all know that you're going to need four or five impact game changers on your team at the most important position, right? Quarterback, edge rusher, left tackle. You really need a cornerback and hopefully a wide receiver, right? So you like to have four or five impact players at those spots. But here's the truth. If, you, if you're paying all those guys at the top of the market, it makes it very difficult to field a team where you've got impact players across the board everywhere else. You with me? So if you're trying to do that through free agency where you're going to be paying at the very top of the market, as a matter of fact, even over the market in order to acquire them, then you're going to be talent poor across the rest of your team. The best way to do it is through the draft. That's why Chris Ballard prefers to get his players through the draft. And the reason the best way to do it is through the draft is because the draft is the only way that you can get premium talent guys at a cost that will fit inside your salary cap so that you can have a plethora of talented impact players across your roster, not just as starters, but as backups. There's no fucking way you can go out and build a team through free agency where you've got strong starters and strong backups. Basically, the way you want your team to be built is if one of your starters goes out or even one of your big impact players, if if Darius Leonard goes out, if Quentin Nelson goes out, okay, you want to be able to bring in guys where maybe they're not at that same level. You're not going to have a guy who's playing at the same level behind Darius Leonard, because if he is, he's going to be somewhere else very soon, right? But you want as little drop-off as possible. Because again, you know injuries are going to happen. That's why Ballard has so much focus on the draft and not free agency, because that's where you're able to get a lot of talent. That's where you're able to have a team with Julian Blackman, Braden Smith, George Odom. You with me? Those guys who are not necessarily the superstar starters, but are starters and solid parts of your team and very good players, even Pro Bowl players. Those guys you got to find through the draft, through waivers like Kenny Moore. You with me? Those less expensive ways. It's how you got to do it. 
So that's why they do it that way. Otherwise, he'd be happy to go out and spend Jim Irsay's money and buy up a bunch of fucking Hall of Famers. But you can't do it. It can't be sustained. And understand, the reason he, he talks about doing it long term as the right way is here's why. Because, see, when you do that whole all in, we're going for it this year, that shit rarely works. Because... Even if you had the best team in the league, we saw this last year with the Kansas City Chiefs. Even if you had the best fucking team in the league, it still takes some good fortune and things to fall in place for you, for you to win the Super Bowl that year. You could get there and lose both your tackles. You feel me? You could get there and be healthy and have a fumble, not be called a fumble, be called a fucking tuck rule. You, you feel me? So you can't just say, oh, we're going for it this one year. Ask fucking Drew Brees. Ask the Eagles when they tried to do that a while ago. I mean, many teams have tried it. So you have to plan for a series of years that you can win it and hope you can win one or two during those years. You feel me? And the only way to do that is to build a roster the way I'm describing that exists that way for three, four, five years. Period. End of story. The whole we're all in this year. Ask Ryan Grigson how that works. Even if Grigson knew who to fucking bring in. Even if he did pick good people and great free agents, you're still not guaranteed it works. So that's why Ballard and his team don't go that route. So look, the next time you're listening to the soundbite of Chris Ballard saying, I like them picks for the 948th time, or you're frustrated as fuck because you just sat through three hours of the draft and waited 20 picks only for Chris Ballard to trade out of the first round, and now you got to wait until the next day before you even see a single draft choice by the Colts. Don't get bent out of shape about it or shitty at Ballard. He's not doing it just because it's some weird tick of his or just some arbitrary fucking way he likes to do shit like your father who's stuck in his ways. It's not just because he's stubborn. Well, he is kind of stubborn, but there's a method to his stubbornness. All right. He doesn't just like the picks because he likes them picks. It's because he knows that the more picks you get, you're only going to hit on 50% if you're good. If you can hit 60%, you're Hall of Fame level like Bill Polian. Okay. So you're only going to get maybe five out of 10. So if you have 20 picks as opposed to six picks, that means you get 10 players who can possibly contribute to your team winning a Super Bowl as opposed to just three, right? So if all things are equal, he's always going to try to get more picks, but he's not going to move down to get more picks and give up a impact player. In other words, the tie goes to the impact player. You feel me? To the higher tier impact player. So there's that meme out there or that hashtag in Ballard we trust. He's given us every reason to trust him to this point. His shit is working. His plan is working. And this draft, this offseason, is probably one of his biggest because we should see with Carson Wentz coming in here and the roster as it is right now. They get their left tackle. They get some edge help, we hope. Look, um, we should see them taking another step forward, a step towards being a real contender. They should be a true Super Bowl contender in the AFC this year. If not, if they take a step back, then we have reason to question. So that's how Ballard pimps the NFL draft. How It's how he's always done it. It's how he's going to do it in 2021. And I stand by that shit. 
100% stand by that shit, just like a beta male standing outside in the rain waiting to pick up a chick whose boyfriend is busy. You feel me? But if you think I'm wrong, you have another idea, you think it works a different way, you think Ballard doesn't know what the fuck he's doing, whatever the case, you know me. You know me. Nobody's above reproach, including me. I'm always open to listen to your disagreements, to listen to your ideas, your thoughts that might be contrary to mine. As long as they're well-reasoned, rational, and based on logic, and not a bunch of fanboy bullshit. You feel me? So let me know in the comments. You agree, you disagree. I always appreciate hearing from you. I appreciate your support, you listening and watching. I especially appreciate all the donations you guys have been sending in. I will see y'all in the next one where we're going to get into detail about guys they should and I think they will draft and hope they draft in the next few days. I will see you then, my friend. I'm excited as fuck like I know you are. So I'm going to say to you the same thing I say to any Colts player, Colts coach, or Colts front office person who might be listening or watching, because I know some of y'all do, some of you reach out to me. Let's go out. Let's pimp the fuck out of this fucking draft. Let's nail these draft choices. And let's get about the fucking business of winning another fucking Lombardi, baby. Peace. And win another fucking Lombardi, baby. Lombardi.